for a work week job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way, or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sportscope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is sportsscope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hello, everybody. Now I'm live here on all links right at 7 p.m. Central Time, give or take a few seconds. Uh, going to talk about Dak Prescott and his record. Uh, Cooper Rush, now they've got a big game this week against the Giants. A uh, little bit of tidbit there that I saw. Also going to get into that Auburn story. Um, looks like their coach is going to be on the hot seat. And uh, let's see. I'm trying to see, make sure I didn't get, I missed, I did not miss any other stories. Uh, Jerry Jones on Dak Prescott. Joe Burrow, and of course, uh, I mean, a Duke. Uh, that's the show I was wanting to start off with the program. Uh, Jack, just stand by here. I'm going to bring you on. Um, I wanted to give some sound bites and some uh, clarity to this story about this uh, uh, coach here for Boston Celtics, I, I mean, a Duke. And I'm playing a sound bike, and I'm going to bring Jack Hirsch in, which I didn't think he's going to be able to make it, but we got him in. He's backstage, but I do want to. I did some little bit of research here, everybody, and I want to make sure and uh, and get get my and I'll get your uh, opinion as soon as I get done with this, Jack. Okay, so about late last night, probably around midnight central, one o'clock Eastern, uh, ESPN and the Athletic both in the Athletic both reported that I meet Aduke is likely going to face a season-long suspension relationship with a female employee. Uh, a lot of talk in social media today was about the uh, why did why is, uh, Boston not said anything. And Jason Whitlock, always a man of reason, says, well, for one thing, for one thing, don't you think that maybe, that maybe it's probably – the agent of Aduke that's that's leaking something out, you know, and here's his soundbite to that. This is uh, uh, Jason Whitlock, pretty interesting soundbite. These are reporters doing their job, calling all of their sources, tr- calling agents. Constru- there's someone, Emmy, I'm sure he and his agent are pissed off. They may have leaked it. They may have told yeah. these guys. But, but even if we go and cut deeper about 
let's say Boston did put this out. And let's say they do give an explanation today, tomorrow, whatever, what's going on with, with their head coach. If they don't give an explanation, they get crucified. You're going to suspend discipline your black head coach yeah. that just took your team to the NBA finals and you're not going to give an explanation? If they do that, Stephen A. Smith and all the other race baiters go on TV and call Boston and the Celtics organization the most racist organization in sport. How dare they suspend Emi Aduko without an explanation? This is racist. Because he's already playing that card, Stephen A. Smith, uh, just like he does on everything. He still hasn't made the apology for calling out BYU for that false rake as accusation a few weeks ago. There was no evidence found of the Duke volleyball player saying something about that. And after BYU did the lengthy, lengthy investigation, reports, film, uh, sound, nothing, nothing. Uh, he, he never apologized for that. Uh, he never apologized. This is Stephen A. Smith race baiter like this guy he never apologized for saying steve nash with the uh uh white privilege hire when uh because he had no experience as a head basketball coach he never apologized for that when doc rivers was black he had no experience jason uh uh kid had no experience he was black uh magic johnson we can go on and that's his own colleagues saying that so you got people like him saying this, and here, here, here's my, and I'm going to bring Jack Kirsch in here, sports enthusiast, in just a sec. Here's my take on it. My take is Boston probably, it's an organ, and here's another thing I see on uh, 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 social media. Well, what about Phil, uh, uh, Phil Jackson and, 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 and uh, uh, Jenny Buss? Well, organization, not NBA rule, organization, which means Dr. Buss said, hey, it's no big deal. I'm the owner, okay? So that that makes no never mind, all right? My thing is possibly, possibly, we, these are all accusations. Maybe, uh, now he's supposedly married to Nia Long or something like that. He may have knocked this female employee up and, and I forced her to get some kind of uh, uh, abortion or something, and, and word got back to another employee and got back to management, and now there's awkwardness, and maybe she didn't want an abortion. Something like that could have happened, and it's liability. And liability is what Boston's looking at. They do not want to be held liable and sued for millions and millions of dollars and have their name drugged through the mud. And on that note, I'm going to bring in Jack Hirsch, former uh, boxing Hall of Fame writer. Uh, it's a hot story. Everybody's I am, I am so annoyed at you. You bring me on while Aaron judges at bat. Okay. You can't wait till the at bat's over with. So I'll describe. I'll describe it. I mean, yeah. Describe. Hey, if he hits that sixty-second home run, let me know. Well, he's got. Yeah. Well, he's got it at sixty-first, but he has a two-two count on him. Third <laughs> inning. This is his. Uh, Second at bat of the game, he walked on first pitch as a 2-2 count. Now it's a full count to Aaron Judge. You see, people are getting a play-by-play here. Yeah. Hey, that's okay, Jack. You know what the crazy thing is about Aaron Judge? And then we're going to get to it. No, no, no. Go ahead. But the crazy thing is, imagine he doesn't hit another home run again. He could still win the triple crown. And can you imagine people are going to feel let down? They're going to be unhappy. And he walked again. 
and he walked to end the game yesterday. Three straight walks. Three straight walks. Pickles says I mean, great play by play by Jack. Oh, thank you, Pickles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hope I don't get sued for this. You know, I guess we're not supposed to. And, no, uh, you can do. Yeah, no. Hey, yeah, you know, yeah. let me ask but, you uh, this. Uh, Aduka, you oh, know, Aduka, Rob, okay, yeah. you, are, you are reaching for too many things for uh, Aduka. Yeah. You're reaching for too many things, speculating, well, maybe this went on with an intern and she had to, you know, then get medical help and the whole thing. I mean, come on. Even yeah. you, you're speculating here. Yeah, we have no idea. But if you know this. Yeah. But it's a team rule. You know, the ironic thing about it, right before I came on with you, yeah. I was talking to a sports reporter from Boston. Okay. Ironically. Oh, nice. They don't know exactly what's going on over there, too. And he was speculating himself. But his spe- I can't tell you the name of who it is, okay? Because it was an yeah. off-the-record conversation. He's a big-time reporter? Yeah. Uh, good, a good name. Well-known. Well-known, okay. man. Okay, uh, but his speculation is that in strictly speculation, and here I am being like you speculating by throwing out his speculation. We're playing, we're just speculation. A second, second hand. Yeah. Is that they told Odaka not to fool around, just the idea that he was already won the first time by the team. And he still, you know, came back and did it again and just ticked them off. Now, technically, he's a, he's a single guy. Well, I thought it's he was uh, engaged to Neil Long. Oh, he's engaged at the time. Oh, yeah, he's she's really saying. good looking. I don't know. Oh, I didn't know whatever. But listen, it's not. <laughs> but things aren't like they were years ago in this sense, Okay. Remember yeah. the uh, the movie on Jackie Robinson called 42, where Leo yeah. DeRocha was suspended from baseball that, by the commissioner for one year because he was having an extramarital affair. Come okay. on. Can you imagine that today, trying to suspend someone for that period? And we don't... Obviously, he did something very heavy-handed. You know, you, you, I like Stephen A. Smith, but you're right what you said said about him he is going to do race baiting you know yeah coming on first take uh, uh, but the point of the matter is why would the celtic organization want to diminish their coach he did a great job last yeah. year he took them to the finals yeah. they had to be very happy with him unless he was showing them a big level of uncooperation behind closed doors closed doors if he was uncooperative towards the organization in general, yeah. and the only thing that he had to go on was his one loss record, which was obviously good, especially after they got off to a slow start last season and then had that run in the playoffs. Yeah. It may maybe was the type of thing where occasionally an organization, they don't mind losing if it means they can get rid of the coach. Yeah, And you never know whether that's, you know, the case here or, or maybe they just have rules point blank Yeah, that no one in the front office can, you know, have any type of a relationship, you know, with a coach or whatever, vice versa. And he maybe simply broke that, but a year suspension, I can't imagine it's that simple. 
Because if he did yeah. break that rule, suspend him for 25 games or something. I don't know. Right. Didn't you hear that by, by soundbite? By, by, uh, that was Jason Whitlock I played in the soundbite. With, with, with this day's environment, you know it's got to be really, really. Think about Boston. You got MIT up there really highly educated they're not gonna do something crazy like that you know it's probably it wasn't boston that leaked it to those reporters it was probably his agent or another assistant coach the assistant coach is going to take over this guy's going to be 34 years old this team is favored to win the championship don't you think that boston's trying to keep this under wraps i think that could be something very serious and 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 our media wants to jump the gun. Your your Stephen A's and your social media, which is ridiculous. Now, is Aaron Judge still at bat? No, no, Aaron Judge walked. Oh, okay. Okay, but the point, yeah. But the yeah. point is, something had to go on in this culture when someone in your organization does something wrong. Yeah, and you want to resolve it the best way possible. Maybe it's good you get in front of it, but even that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the Celtics were trying to get in front of the situation because once it leaked out, they'd be under severe pressure. So by then, reportedly suspending their coach for one full year, it's wow, they took heavy action. But now it's a mystery, Rob. We want to know exactly what went on. Yeah. I condemned you for speculating. And then I <laughs> over you. I speculated more than you did. Yeah. No, I was that was just, just a simple example of a I said scenario audience. Scenario where the, the, the team doesn't want to be held liable for being for suing for sexual harassment. That's just a potential scenario. I'm not saying that's what may have happened. I'm saying that's a scenario where the, the team does not want to be held liable. They're already getting their names drug in the mud. They don't want to be, have their names drug in the mud and being sued for 30 or $40 million and have this last like that, you know? No, no, you can't. And especially on top of the thing where Robert Sarva, the owner of the Phoenix yeah. Suns, who's now reportedly selling the team, and, you know, a lot of times we don't know the full story. When Sarver came out with this statement after being suspended a year, saying he believes in atonement, forgiveness, you know, someone who should have a chance to redeem themselves. I think, you know, most people believe in that. But I think the case with Robert Sarver, the more you heard people talk like Richard Jefferson, okay, yeah who went to the University of Arizona, was a big boost to the Suns. And then you hear Chris Paul, his star player, condemn the owner. I mean, that should, that should say a lot because if you were known of a team, yeah. you'd think you'd want, you know, relationships with the players, especially your star player, to get along with him well, for him to see a good side of you. But when there's such a poison culture within that organization and the yeah. owners letting all that go, it's hard to have sympathy for them. I don't know whether you've ever worked for anyone in your whole life. They were just awful over a period of time. Yeah. The whole staff hated Went being to under school them. And, everything. and then yeah. they get to a point where, oh, they're going to be nice. They want to tome and forgive me. You know, you sometimes just, I hate to say that you can't forgive or you could say, I forgive, but move on, go to the next phase of your life. 
and I'll forgive you, you know, ultimately for what you did. Well, I don't know. I think with this council culture, we never know when we may need to be forgiven. Uh, I do believe in forgiveness. Now, there are certain things and penalties. Phil, this doesn't seem like a situation. Two men and two two black men and two women were in in charge of uh, conducting this investigation. And Adam Silver says it did not come to the uh, conclusion. Originally, originally, it did not come to the conclusion to to, uh, ask him to sell the team or force a sale like the guy from the Clippers. I just forgot his name. that that race oh, Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Yeah, Donald, Donald Sterling. Sterling. Donald totally Sterling was obviously a miserable guy with what he said. Yeah. And it's easy. You know, there are two ways of looking at it. When you're in private, you should be able to let your guard down, say just about yeah. anything. And sometimes people even joke around and they say something that sounds very cruel, mm-hmm. you know, the words in itself. But you have to understand in the context it is. Yeah. But sometimes we have to put ourselves in other people's situation. Right. You know, and the things Donald Sterling said. Well, he was way out of pocket. Kind of, right. Exactly. I would be so offended by it, even to think, even though he would be saying something in private. Yeah. Just the idea he would feel that way. It's. It was one of those where, you know, he lost so much respect in a sense. But, you know, I also wonder what we would do if an owner dug in. Let's say Donald Stone said, no, I am not selling the team under any circumstance. What usually happens next are the sponsors leave the team. Yeah. Okay. And then again, it depends how deep uh, the owner's pockets. Take someone like in New York, the Met owner, Steve Cohn. He's reportedly worth $14 billion. Let's say Steve Cohn yeah. was just crazy enough to be willing to lose half of his $14 billion, you yeah. know, to stick it out, say, no, no, I'm not selling on any circumstance. He'll get the criticism. You won't have the sponsors. Eventually, people would get tired of fighting with him over a period of time and kind of back off. It's yeah. like, what's the new news today? Okay. Whoever commits something really bad today, yeah. tomorrow it might be old news if something new comes up. But then, yeah. of course, it's going to resurface late on when the news is slow. Well, I just think that we're in an environment where you've got people like Stephen A. Smith calling everything racist. You've got these politicians that, that make a living off of uh, and, and win elections off calling people racist and all that. So it, it's like the person, the boy who cried wolf, right? Uh, Steven says, ask Papa John. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, so many people getting railroaded with this nonsense. It's hard to see. Papa John's. I don't get that. Well, that guy got, he got pushed out of his own company and I heard that was a bunch of nonsense. Uh, that was also according to Steve. uh, Well, I don't know. Listen, I mean, you know, Stephen A. Smith has been a little bit of a lightning rod. I kind of like the guy. I don't know him personally, but I kind of like him. I think Stephen A kind of plays to the audience what's yeah. kind of good with ratings. It doesn't mean he's, he's – I'm not saying he's not a sincere individual. I believe that he really believes for the most part what he, what he says. 
but he tries to sensationalize it, you know, to a point. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing with the thing with Robert Sava, yes, race is an issue here. It, yes. it is because Robert Sava acted reportedly abusively in certain ways. Okay, so race is an issue. I'm not saying it's the main issue at all. Okay. Yeah. But he created a very toxic work environment. Okay. That I mean, that's why he's, you know, basically, I don't want to say forced to sell the team, but doesn't want to fight to keep the team. Yeah. But in some cases, you know, we want to reach for something that's not there. You know, but I think there's a double standard for players and owners, and I don't yeah. like it. I mean, it had LeBron James uttered the worst possible words, started yeah. cursing our reporters, went, tweeted things out, used the worst possible things imaginable said. You know, LeBron would have just been suspended maybe like 15 games or something. Yeah. Picked it the worst he could possibly do. LeBron James is the same one that posted a uh, photo of a police officer yes. that had to shoot some a girl who was about to plunge a knife into another girl. He had to yes. act very quickly. In Cincinnati, and LeBron, threatened, LeBron threatened that officer, and then of course his people step forward. He follows up with another tweet to say, "Well, he's not really blaming the officer. It's the whole system." <laughs> and, then, you know, and then Le and then LeBron. You know, I mean, I, then he added more to it later to just make it worse. But he gets away with it. Yeah. Because he's a player. It means ratings for the league. And owners sometimes have a little bit of a harder time. Yeah. Yeah, the owner. And, and, and to clarify, even Stephen A. Smith said that he talked to people around the league about Starver, the, the owners of, of Phoenix Suns. And he said that uh, that they didn't hear anything like that. Uh, I'm surprised he said that. Considering the oh, no, no. He put that Stephen down today, I saw a little bit. He put Sarva down today. Stephen A. Yeah. When an issue comes up and he wants to show he's fair, if it's such a tiny little issue, he's going to lean over backwards, like with Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson in baseball early in the season. Oh, yeah. When Josh Donaldson was having a dispute with the White Sox. He's on base, and he said, called Tim Anderson Jackie because Tim Anderson said he was the next Jackie Robinson. Now, Donaldson was an idiot to do it because yeah. tensions were there, but he tried to joke around with someone who didn't like him. So yeah. everything blew up. So Donaldson was suspended for one game. So, of course, Stephen A wants to be the hero. Oh, no, I don't think Donaldson should have gotten suspended. That's <laughs> Stephen A throwing a bone in the race argument, saying, yeah. you see, I'm fair. I'm taking the position, uh, you know, for Donaldson. Yeah. No? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, well, Donaldson said that the guy called himself Jackie Robertson. Well, and they he, were joking he, about it years prior to that, Jack. He did, but considering the tension between the two. But, but the point right. is, it was such a minor, tiny issue yeah. that Stephen A. is going to, like, you know, step forward because now he has a chance to show, oh, look, look, yeah. 
I t- I'm fair on both sides of the argument, but, but it was such a minuscule, <laughs> tiny thing. Give me a break. Okay, next topic here. Um, I said this to Jim the other day. I brought Jim Jeff Cody in on Tuesday. Today's Thursday. And I like the way Dallas played under this Cooper Rush guy. They're 2-0 and with this guy. Cooper Rush, everybody seems to play better around him. This check this out. Dak Prescott is 12 and 21 against playoff teams. 12 and 21 against playoff teams. And listen to a quote I want to say that um, Jerry himself said, if I can find it. Here's Jerry Jones. This is today. This is good stuff. He told reporters, he says, today that he would welcome a Dak Prescott Cooper Rush quarterback controversy. He says, that means we won, Jones says. If Rush comes in and plays as well as Prescott played, Rush played that well over the next uh, over the next three games or so. I'd walk to New York and get uh, and get that. Wouldn't that be something? If you have that dilemma, which way do you go? You got to get to ten wins. Whatever happens, he said. I, I think um, Prescott would like that. My thing is, would you keep uh, 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 a Cooper Rush in? Considering what the stats I just read to you about Dak Prescott, uh, if he beats like a, a round team, they got the Giants this weekend, and 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 a and a pretty hot Philadelphia team. Yeah, I mean, what 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 else is Jerry supposed to say? I mean, he wants Cooper Rush to play great. He wants Cooper yeah. Rush to be lights out. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to have a quarterback controversy because people are fickle. All it takes is one game. Yeah. Cooper Rush surprised a lot of people. He wasn't great, but, you know, he played well. He got the job done. Let's say he's lights out against the Giants this week. Yeah. He throws four touchdown passes. The Cowboy offense looks great. Cowboys win. People are going to start saying, even in Dallas, we better off with Cooper Rush or Zach Prescott. I mean, it's it's natural all the time. Look. When Peyton Manning, his last year was out, and Brock Osweiler took over for a while for Denver, yeah. people were one. You know, there was some talk, well, who are we better off with, Osweiler or Manning? I mean, it happens all the way. How did, how did Zach Prescott even get his job when Tony Romo was injured? Ah, there you go. Yeah, no, there but Zach go. Prescott made it impossible to get it back. And I remember Jerry Jones at the time. Man, that, that, is, that is a freaking point. If we were on Oliver on the Horn, I'd give you a point for that. But but, but listen to this. Yeah. Zach Prescott had played a good number of games while Tony Romo was out. And they and Jerry Jones still said, we can't wait to have Romo back throwing those touchdown passes. <laughs> Zach Prescott made it impossible for Tony Romo to get his job back because he was playing so sensationally, and they couldn't even yank Zach Prescott out of the playoff game against the Packers because he was sensational, but Aaron Rodgers was just a tiny bit better. Both of them were phenomenal in that game. And By the next year, that was it. It was apparent that Zach Prescott was the quarterback. Once in a while, you get quarterbacks that show a certain maturity, and say the right thing. Uh, Chad Pennington took over years ago as quarterback for the Jets for Vinny Testaverde. Yeah. 
they be they had a very good relationship, Pennington and Testaverde. They got along really well. Then a year or so later, two years later, Pennington gets injured himself and Testaverde is taking over for him the first game. And Chad Pennington says, if Vinny is really playing well in my absence, then I'm going to have to sit when I get back. You know, he sat yeah. for me, so I'm going to have to sit for him. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, and then you have a case when Jim Kelly was out for the Bills and Frank Reich, his very capable backup, was doing a great job. The coach, Marv Levy, said, let me make myself clear. As soon as Jim Kelly's healthy to play, he's our starting quarterback. Right. Now, Jeff Fisher, when Neil O'Donnell, how about that, Pickles? When Neil O'Donnell took over for the Titans in 99, played a few games. Remember, we wasn't that far from him playing in the Super Bowl back in 96 with the Steelers. Some of us saying, maybe we'll keep Neil O'Donnell. And then Jeff Fisher's like, no, Steve's our guy. Steve's our guy. Let me play former Dallas Cowboy Jim Jeffcoat. Here's my soundbite from him. See what your, your comment is from Tuesday, if it'll play. Maybe it'll play. But uh, it's rolling up now. But he, he okay, hold on. He made an, uh, a comment about when he played back in his day, if this thing will come up. Oh, come on. What, what does Jeff go down about quarterbacks? He thought the Cowboys made a good move drafting him ahead of Dan Marino. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even want to acknowledge the Cowboys made a mistake there. <laughs> and where would Jeff Code have wound up? Oh, Here it is. Man, no. right, here's Jeff Code. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to restart it. Basically, he said no. Uh, he talked about. Uh, there was a quarterback that I think Steve Burline came in in 91 for Aikman. And yeah. it did. Uh, we all knew that Troy was our guy. But see, Troy, think about Dak. I just read to you, he's 12 and 24. We know you're paying him a lot of money. What difference does that make? You know, in the running back position, we never talk about that stuff. We always stay with the hot running back. Why do you have to justify a guy's salary? If he's not playing well, he's not playing well. You're still going to have to pay him the salary. Yeah, yeah, but we like to focus on the quarterbacks. The running backs are there, and they're going to be there the whole season. It's just where they are on the depth chart. Yeah. For example, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, I mean, they're the featured backs for the Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to change uh, this season. And uh, – but I'm going to tell you, the, the quarterback situation is very precarious. I don't know whether you heard Sean Payton is sitting out right now. Yes. You know, he's in the broadcast booth. But he said if the right coaching job came along, good ownership, he'd absolutely take it. There was talk of him being the Miami Dolphin coach. If he was a Miami Dolphin coach, Tua would not be their quarterback now. He yeah. said he went uh, on record as Brady. saying... But uh, no, Teddy Bridgewater would be. Oh, okay. Teddy Bridgewater is the backup at Miami. He quarterbacked for Sean Payton at New Orleans. Right, when Drew right. Brees was out. And he went like seven and zero. He did really well, Bridgewater. Yeah. Uh, it was just as much the team being effective as Bridgewater being a quarterback. But he did the job. Tua showed last week, I mean, he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league. And, I, I mean, I had high hopes for Tua, Tua when he came in. Yeah. But the, 
worst thing that could happen to Tua was Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. They were so outstanding yeah. as rookies compared to him that people kind of got a little down on Tua. But, you know, he was a little better the second year than his first year. Yeah. Now his third year, he's really looking good. He was sensational last week. And when all is said and done, Tua is going to be a an outstanding franchise quarterback for the Dolphins. He's going to be there for years to come. But if Sean Payton was the coach, he never would have developed there. He would have had to do it somewhere else. So, you well, know, you never know. Well, my thing about Tua, since you brought up Tua, that, that, that's a good transition there. Uh, my original take on Tua was he's got this new offensive-minded head coach Got a really good running game set up there with, uh, I think his name is McDaniel, too. The guy over there from San Francisco. Uh, yeah. I thought they would play really Mike well early. Daniel. You got Jalen Waddle. You got Ty, uh, uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill. Hill there. You got all that speed. You have a new system. You're, uh, they have a somewhat jack of a revamped offensive line there with Terry Armstead. But I think that eventually teams will catch up to that. And mind you, Tua was hurt last year. He was hurt. The uh, the year before that, he was hurting college. I think he's kind of like Sam Bradford a little bit. Uh, no, no, I wouldn't compare Sam Bradford. <laughs> so I always thought he, he was a little overrated there. But I'm going to tell you, Miami plays Buffalo yeah. this week. And if Miami wins, the culture in Miami is turned upside down. Right yeah. now, the best way to describe the Dolphins is enthusiastic. People are enthusiastic about them. They're 2-0. Yeah. They made the great comeback, you know, against the Ravens when it didn't look like – when it looked like they were out of the game, essentially. Yeah. And if they beat this Buffalo Bill team that is completely dominated in their two games against the Rams and the Titans, and the mm -hmm. Bills are in large part a Super Bowl favorite, it would really uh, turn things around. I mean, you know, as far as the culture goes to the organization. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you about Joe Burrow. You know, he, he he loses to Dallas. He does lose to Cooper Rush. The week before that, he loses to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know, they've got three new offensive linemen down there in, up there in Cincinnati. They're all supposed to be major upgrades. Uh, there's been talk about him kind of having this Cam Newton – uh, remember when Ben Roethlisberger first uh, started getting early success? He went to the AFC Championship game his first year. Then he went to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. He's riding a motorcycle without a helmet on. He's got an entourage. And there's a sense of entitlement with, with, that starts happening. Then he starts getting those sexual assault allegations. He was really feeling himself getting farther away from football. There's speculation that maybe Burrow's kind of going through that with his success at LSU late and then early success in NFL. Do you think that he's having some maturity issues and maybe a setback? I think he just doesn't have any blocking. It's that simple. <laughs> he steps in those facts, Jack. I don't think there's any maturity issues. I mean, they block, they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, the Bengals, okay? They have a Rolls-Royce quarterback. Yeah. With, that's like having a Rolls-Royce car, and you go to the used tire shop, and you put yeah. used tires, worn tires on this great car. <laughs> I mean, they tried, they tried to make some moves in the offseason, the Bengals, to address the offensive line, 
but it's still terrible. They're just not blocking for him. I mean, Justin Herbert, who he's compared to, is getting, you know, decent blocking on balance, you know, with the yeah. L.A. Chargers. But Cincinnati, it, it's just been awful there. And I'll yeah. tell you, I mean, they play the Jets this week, and if the Bengals lose to the Jets and they're 0-3, I don't want to say they're out of it, but their chances of getting to the playoffs, you know, getting back to the Super Bowl is uh, pretty much nil. Well, that's just what I said, Pickles. Joe Burrow's not getting any protection. And the bad part about it, he's been hurt. He's gotten injured because of this. Yeah. And that eventually affects your mobility. And I think the beating that Joe Burrow is taking now, that takes, you know, with the injuries, it takes something out of your long term. Well, I, I did look at the box score, Jack, and, you know, he's not checking down to a Samaje P. Ryan, uh, his mm-hmm. starting running back, Joe Mixon, enough. Uh, there, somebody said, this guy's always trying to make the big play. My thing is, remember that uh, last year uh, we went through this with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's all, here against Tennessee. He's always trying to make the big play. So everybody's playing that cover two, two deep safety, and they're saying, okay, we'll go ahead. You make the big play, but we're going to be doubling these guys. You need to drive the field. Uh, we're, we're, you, If you want to try to make that big play, you're throwing in the double coverage. Uh, you're holding on the ball four and five, six seconds instead of just – take him with the defense, take that little boring Tom Brady check down to the running back there instead of uh, – and, and not make it sports center for a day or two. You know, but that's think, another criticism. But don't you think Patrick Mahomes can create a lot better than Joe Burrow? Because when Patrick Mahomes starts running, you know, uh, he goes lateral left to right – you don't know whether he's going to throw a run, but with Joe Burrow, it's kind of predictable that he's going to run. And he's not quite as mobile, I think, as yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I don't want to put Joe Burrow down at all. I think Joe Burrow, if I had to, you know, give a prediction how long he's going to last, I think it's going to be like an Andrew Locke type career. Oh, you wow. You know, about seven about 11 years, years, so on. And, I think the physical beatings catch up to him. And if he's, that not, if he's not that type, and if he continues to play long term, I think he's going to tap out eventually and be like a Carson Palmer, a okay. good, a good solid quarterback in the league. Yeah. A, you know, that, that can win a Super Bowl for a team, but I just don't think you're going to be talking about him amongst the great quarterbacks of his era when all is said and done. I actually think Tua's going to, in the next couple of years, catch up to him. Oh, you know, wow. Yeah, in the next couple of years, I really think that'll happen. Uh, but, you know, it remains to be seen. Yeah, you know, Burrow, actually, I'll be honest with you, uh, he did take down his social media. I thought that was a really good thing. I think maybe his dad listened to what what a guy like uh, Jason Whitlock said, and he's hearing hearing shows. He watched my show one time. I used to do Periscope, and I would be able to find out this is a Periscope out back here who watched my show, and it was Mister Burrow. And so his dad is really kind of keeping an eye on what people are saying about him, kind of like Tom Brady's dad. I think he's going to play well. No offense, but I think he's going to beat the Jets this weekend. 
And I think he's going to listen to these criticisms and get the ball to Joe Mixon and 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 Samaji and everything's going to be okay. But no, my point is, is Joe Burrow could conceivably have a long career. He yeah. could play, let's say, for argument's sake, till age thirty-six, age yeah. thirty-seven. But I think when a quarterback is taking constant beatings, it yeah. has a long-term effect on him going yeah. forward because he kind of becomes a little gun shy, a little more restless. He doesn't develop his full potential. Yeah. I, I just think it takes its toll. And that's what I think is happening kind of with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. They had, you know, look, they nearly won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. But I just think, you know, the, it's too much of a physical toll. I think it caught up to Russell Wilson, the same thing at Seattle. Yeah. He kept getting hit, 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 hit. And now he's with Denver. And, you know, the talk was, oh, well, he's supposed to be a new man, a new team, a new franchise. <laughs> but he's basically the same Russell Wilson who maybe passed his prime a little sooner than, you know, perhaps he should have. Oh, wow. You know, Jamie thinks that these games are still preseason, Pags. Yeah, he says they don't play enough preseason. He thinks that – and he may have a point there. Russell Wilson, you got got a $100 million contract. You got a totally new staff, new block and new scheme, new head coach, new attitude. Man, he should have been out there in the preseason. Brady would have been out there in the preseason playing. Yeah, I mean, there are two ways of looking at it. I mean, they have a long camp. That's a good uh, point, Carlos. You want to know something? Joe Burrow next Archie Manning. <laughs> you know something? That's not a crazy comparison. Not too not too uh, much. Running for his life. There, but, there, but the difference is this. Joe Burrow went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. So after two, being in two years in the league, Joe Burrow was considered by some people to be, let's say, a top six quarterback in the league, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. After two years, Archie Manning uh, could have been another Roger Starback, arguably. But the difference is Starback played for the Cowboys. Manning played for the Saints. No quarterback was going to elevate those Saints teams uh, ages ago. <laughs> that, yeah. Hey, switching gears here. Uh, how much do you follow the college football game, like the SEC in Auburn? I not not really as strong as I do the NFL. I mean, I'm going to watch. You know, it, it with an eye towards the national playoff picture. Yeah. I'm going to watch Alabama weekly. Can anyone take them down? Is Georgia, you know, still on the level of Alabama, let alone being a little hair above them? You know, could they defend their national title? Are there any teams that could conceivably be a little bit of a dark horse who could show the potential to improve, you know, as we go along? And, you know, you follow Notre Dame, how – a college that should be able to recruit so greatly yeah. has been such a disappointment, you know, so it's like a lot of these storylines. I mean, I'm a little disillusioned uh, because with this playoff that they have now in college football, which I actually think is a good thing. Okay. Yeah. The, so many of the traditionally powerful teams in college football 
they're not as important. Like uh, I know Nebraska moving on from Scott Frost. They used to be very re- relevant. Yeah. USC, UCLA. You know, they're just not re- as relevant as they used to be. Arkansas, the University of Tennessee. They yeah. haven't contended. Well, in they got a big game tomorrow or Saturday, Jack, against Florida. Yeah, I was looking at this story about uh, Auburn, but there was a scandal with him having some kind of fling with one of his assistants that followed him from uh, Boise State, this guy. And now they they got – last week they were humiliated at home against Penn State by James Franklin, uh, a former uh, SEC coach, used to coach for Vanderbilt. And now this guy, two years in, he's going to get fired. Is Judge back up yet? Um, I'm taking a look. Judge, I think, is going to get up this inning. Oh, nice. I'll let you know. Uh, yeah. So if this I guy's... Away, I'll give you the play-by-play here. Yeah. But he's yeah, not so up it yet. looks like he this Clark But could I ask you something, Rob? Yeah. Let's say a coach is having a fling with an intern in the office or something, and she's not on the age. You know, I mean, that the danger, what are the dangers involved? If I'm a owner, do I feel uncomfortable about it? I probably do feel uncomfortable and I wouldn't like it because yeah. chances are they're going to break up. Either they're going to break up and get married, okay? Yeah. Unless, the, unless their fling continues indefinitely and they're both yeah. happy that way. And they break up and she could accuse the coach, you know, of this or that. And it's just like a, you know, a, a bad, you know, feel to the whole thing. I think Judge is up next. Uh, okay. They go out in the inning here. No score in the fifth inning, actually, the Yankees in Boston. But, yeah. uh, and, and then what happened? All someone has to do is be accused of something. Yeah. And everyone jumps on the bad wagon like that person is guilty. You know? And it, yeah, it's, it's true. And... and yeah, and sometimes we just have to wait, you know, to see what's going on here. A sacrifice yeah. fly for the Yank, uh, a Goshiaka Yankees up one nothing against Boston in the fifth, and the big fellas coming to the plate. Hey so man, have a better luck over here. As I do, you think you. that? Um, so you, so sixty two is that your number, Jack? Well, no, he has 60 right now. Let's get to 61. There are 15 games left, including tonight. There's no guarantee he gets it. He probably does. It's how's Roger Maris, Jack. That's huge. Let me tell you, Roger Maris had, you know, once he, uh, I think it took him like nine games or something for his last two homers. So uh, judges up first pitch, another ball low. Uh, well, they're scared. I'd be going to ride down the middle. Times in a row. Yeah. Two walks tonight, the last time. They're pitching him low. It's like he doesn't have a chance here. They don't want to be in the record books. I'm I don't know is that, but last night he gets up and the Pirates are down like nine runs or something. They don't even pitch yeah. him. It's not like they deliberately didn't. Okay, the yeah. pickoff move at second, though. So let me ask you this yeah. while we're doing that. Um, oh, thanks, Pickles. I don't know my that good, but I'll take yeah. it. You get me a job anywhere. How about this story, uh, uh, Jack? Anthony Edwards, very young guy, 
up and coming star, uh, yeah. playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves NBA player. I really like him. I think he's going to be really big. He gets fined forty thousand dollars for making a uh, derogatory term towards gay people on the internet. And now this is, comes out just a that few days. LeBron James. Yeah. Where was LeBron James? <laughs> Anti-gay remarks. LeBron James supports it or what? By not yeah. speaking? Why not yeah. speak out, Le LeBron? You speak out on all the other issues. Okay? He's quiet. He's quiet and, on the Well, why not speak out against Anthony Edwards saying he should be suspended if, if, an owner, if the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and not A-Rod, okay, yeah. made a remark. Like that, yeah. Don't you think there would be a big movement for him to have to sell the team? <laughs> okay, or something. But Anthony Edwards gets a fine. Listen, yeah, 40, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying it's wrong. Look, Anthony Edwards is young. Young people tend. Uh, Judge has a one-two count, by the way. Young people tend to do things that are somewhat foolish at times. Yeah. Say things. They're young. They should be allowed to bounce back from it. They make mistakes, yeah. and you want to apologize. The biggest, the biggest punishment a lot of times is the humiliation of what it does for your reputation. The yeah. hit you take yourself, because now you've got to deal with that. And yeah. and I'm going to tell you, in all the people are talking, a uh, uh, judge swings and misses, he strikes out. Mm. Okay, but all the people <laughs> who are so righteous. About you know these you know especially the older people these race issues yeah. these anti-gay issues you know back in the day were they speaking out against it or were they actually using those terms? Did yeah. I tell you something? Uh, we had not the governor Cuomo that just had to resign in disgrace. Oh yeah, New yeah, York. yeah. And in his case, I believe it was justified because he had yeah. a long trail of stuff but his <laughs> dad mario cuomo when he ran yeah. for governor against the new york mayor ed koch there were rumors that ed koch was gay yeah this was in the late 70s vote okay? for cuomo not the homo right exactly i can't See, believe he did that okay but listen the point is cuomo was flat out wrong okay yeah. flat out wrong for that for his campaign slogan blah 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 but things moved on. I mean, if he used that now, there's got to be, you know, some serious accountability. You know, you can't yeah. come out with a statement like that. But listen, people make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I especially hate when they dig things up from years ago. Right. Okay? Yeah. Well, I, here's my other observation with that, uh, Jack. Now the NBA wants to go back to 18. You know? You want to you want to continue to babysit your turn. Andrew Edwards is what twenty years old. I think they should bring guys in at least twenty, not eighteen. That's even making it worse. Well, if you're good enough to play ball, you should play at any age. I mean, listen, Anthony Edwards made a mistake. It's a maturity. He was He's a kid. He was embarrassingly young. I mean, when I think all the dumb things I did when I was young, you know, and so on, yeah. and then you kind of look back. Well. You're young now, Raps. I don't know if you relate to that, but from long ago, and I'm telling myself, Don, you know, I can't, 
you know, the immaturity sometimes. Yeah. But it's like that often with young people. But when we judge young people, we're not looking at it like we're their peers at all. Yeah. And sometimes we're a little too judgmental. But do you want an 18 year old playing in the league? It, it takes them forever to <laughs> develop. Good enough. Why not? Why not? He could be 14 years old if he's good enough to play in the league. I want him to play if, if he's most good of them are not, Matt Jack. 18. Uh, the thing about it is, an 18 year old is normally going to not have the physical characteristics. So, we're talking about the NBA here, yeah. So, what we're talking about, right? You know, a high school player when Kevin Garnett came into the league, it took him a while to get yeah. accustomed because it's man against uh boy. Okay, right. that would be the thing, and that that big handicap. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but that's how it is. You know, there's a certain handicap. Yeah, and and uh, Pickles says Doncic, but I, I think twenty man, twenty twenty. I think overall statistically, I think you're going to be okay. You're going to have one guy that's probably ready a year or two soon, but. It, to make the league overall better, I think it's 20, 21. I prefer 20 because Magic, remember Magic played really well 20, uh, 1980, played every position. Uh, then he played center in the finals that year. Well, he played center for one game, the sixth game. What was it, the 1980 finals? Yeah. The Lakers against the uh, 76ers. And it was really a precarious situation for the Lakers, the Lakers were actually up three games to two against the Sixers. Yeah. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got injured. Right. And he was gonna, he was missing game six, and it didn't look like he was going to play game seven. So Magic Johnson volunteered, even said he wanted to play center, had a phenomenal game, dominated as a center that game, scored 42 points. Uh, but actually, ironically, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even though he missed the title-winning game, he got the MVP for that game. Kareem wasn't with the team, actually, for that game. He was home watching. He still I, won MVP, and they gave him MVP. He lost well, the game. I guess they figured what he did the five games before that. I'm going to tell you, this MVP voting in the finals can yeah. be bizarre. Sometimes it's sentimental. When the Knicks <laughs> won the NBA championship in 1969, when they beat uh, the L.A. Lakers in the finals, Willis Reed got the MVP. Okay. Now, remember Willis Reed was limping onto the court. He was a big inspiration. But what had happened in that series, it was two games apiece. And when Willis Reed got injured, and, you know, the Knicks had fallen down by 16 points or so. Yeah. And they rallied without Willis Reed. I repeat, without him to win yeah. game five. Then they got blown out by Will Chamberlain and the Lakers in game six. And then in game seven, Willis Reed dramatically limps onto the court. He hits his first two shots. And then after that is a complete non-factor. Doesn't do a thing. But yeah. the idea is limping back and forth. But not game seven. Uh Walt Clyde Frazier, you know, uh, 36 points, uh, 19 assists, mm. okay? He was phenomenal. He kept, and defensively, he kept Jerry West in check. 
He was the yeah. real MVP, but they give it to Willis Reed. No, yeah, what about that? They give yeah. it to Joe Namath when Matt Snell really was the best player on the Jets in that game. Mm. He's the reason they won more than any, more so than Namath. 30 carries, 121 yards, scored the only touchdown, caught an additional four passes for 40 yards. But they give it to Joe Willie because he's the charismatic guy, the guarantee, the leader of the team. <laughs> Matt Snell was the true MVP of Super Bowl three. What do you think about Jerry West getting that MVP and the losing team that? I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, it's not ridiculous. You know what? It's ridiculous. If your team gets blown out in four games and they give you an MVP. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Like if they gave – if these – any – one who votes for Tani for the MVP is an idiot, pure and simple, right. because they don't know how to read an award. Okay, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being illiterate, you know, but the wrong <laughs> thing is if you're satisfied with it and you don't want to learn how to read at all. It says most valuable player, not best player. Yeah. Most valuable player. Never mind, judge has been the better player anyway this year, but I can understand. Uh, yep. But the Angels are, what, 33 games out of first place? Yeah. They don't need Otani. He's have no value to that team outside of selling tickets in their brand. Okay? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in giving a Right, MVP. but Judge, where would the Yankees be without Judge? They're probably not in first place. They might not even yeah. be a playoff team for all we know. Judge is going to get a crazy contract, man. They probably should have paid him, but my thing is <laughs> hold the contract overhead to get better at play. What do you player. think of Mac and Doc before the year went? I was arguing with them. And because Judge said before the year he'd like to remain a Yankee his whole career, Mac said Judge has a chance to now prove it, to sign the contract the Yankees offered him. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, you're right. Give up more than a hundred million, you know. Yeah. For the Yan Yankees were dumb, pure and simple the way they handled this. They should have locked Judge in long before he became a free agent. Not, not start negotiating one year away from free agency, even two years away from him. The Braves got it right. They're signing yeah. their great young talent early. The Padres did it with Fernando Tatis. Oh, that was a terrible early. contract, Jack. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. He's been you're hurt ever since. You're hitting him when he's down. We both know when Tatis comes back, he's going to perform. He's These 10-year contracts with... usually don't work out, Jack. No, I no, no. I agree. I agree. But when you're 23 yeah. years old, yeah, you can sign a guy – like, let's say he's 22 up to the age 37. Look, the Yankees yeah. did it with Derek Jeter. When he was age 25, they signed him to a 10-year deal through age 35. It was a great contract all around. It worked. Okay, you don't. Most of the time, it don't. Most of the time, it doesn't. I agree. I wouldn't sign Judge to a 10-year deal because that's going to take him, what, to around age Three, 40, five 20. max, Jack. How much? I, three to five years. Judge, they'll never be able to sign him. I'd I pay, even, I just, I don't know. I would, three to five years, 
Are you kidding I, me? Do you, let me ask you something. If he signs that contract, does he have the triple crown this year? I don't know. Uh, no, I think Judge gets 100% effort any way you look at it. Judge really? isn't the yeah, – I, I don't believe in this stuff uh, that, that much. A little bit I do playing for contract, okay? Yeah. Judge, uh, Judge's effort would have been the same regardless whether it's a free agent year or not. Uh, that's the way I look at it. He's, you know, he's that type of player. But at this point, I don't think the Yankees are going to get it done with him because all it takes is one team to come up with a crazy big yeah. offer. And that's and Judge is probably going to sign. You who know, do you think he's going to go to? I got to go, but yeah, who do you think he's going to go to? My feeling is the San Francisco Giants because he's from there. He grew up a Giant fan. Oh, really? His family's from there. I think there's a tremendous comfort level. You know, a dark horse in this could be conceivably, don't laugh, the Chicago Cubs. Oh, wow. Because they have like this ownership group that wants to make a major statement. I could see the Chicago Cubs. You never know, maybe sitting down with Judge and, and giving him an eight-year deal at $50 million per year. I could conceivably see that. Or the Giants. They know no. they got to get ahead of the Yankees. How does he, 33? No, no, Judge is uh, 31. Going to be, yeah. Yeah, seven, eight gonna years. That's okay. He's going to be 31. He just, yeah, he, yeah he's going to be 31. Uh, but but the thing with Mac and Doc, the <laughs> Yankees finally give him an offer, oh, 30 and a half million, blah, blah, blah. One year from free, free agency. What the Yankees had to do was pay judges if he was a free agent coming off a major year to prevent him from actually doing that, and they didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the Yankees gave Judge a fair offer, but a fair offer that you knew he wasn't going to accept. And if I was his agent, I would have told him, please don't accept this offer. We can yeah. do much better on the free agent market. There's Cashman is learning from his mistakes. They let that other guy go. What's his name? The one that went to Seattle. He didn't do well, nothing. Robinson Cano. I don't blame yeah. him for the Robinson Cano thing because Robinson Cano is 31. They offered him a seven-year deal, $25 million a year. Seattle absurdly offered Cano a 10-year deal. Uh, so Cano and they couldn't give him away at the end, Jack. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Cubs might sign him for 10 years. And I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. With the designated hit in the National League, they might think, okay. I'll go to Atlanta. We can have him the last couple of years of the contract just swing the bat bus. But yeah. he could, he'd be a major star somewhere else. The Yankees fouled this up. They're going to have to way overpay to hold on to him. They offered 30 and a half million. Now they're going to have to go up somewhere like thirty-seven million has to be their starting point because I forty-two for four years for less. Yeah, I. <laughs> they got it. They got the S Network money. No, no. Judge is going to want at least an eight-year deal. Probably ask for ten, but he's probably going to want an opt-out. A couple of opt-outs during yeah. that. An opt-out after two years. An opt-out after three years or whatever. Man. Well, Jack, are you going to be on uh, Sunday? 
Oh, yeah, I'll be on Sunday with my football predictions. Okay. I'll see you Tonight, Sunday. Uh, Cleveland yeah. and Pittsburgh. For the record, uh, I'm yeah. picking Cleveland to win tonight. Yeah, me too. I don't even know the score right now. I don't know it either. But <laughs> I hey, Jack, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, my pleasure here. It's always a lot of fun, Rob. All right, buddy. Hey, hey, I'll see you uh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and you got to tell Mac off when Judge signs elsewhere. Oh, he had Mac says, "I ah, get rid of him if he doesn't want to be a Yankee to just sign the contract." Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's going to avoid the conversation. Fifty-five million a year? You mean pickles? I would let pickles him go crazy rather than pay him that. Okay. Well, they might. I don't know. They might. No, no, no. I no way, no way. Let him walk if that's his offer. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Raph, all the best. All right, buddy. See ya. Okay, see ya. (laughs)